All right. Thanks, Frank, for coming on, man. All right. Um, Thank you for having me. Uh, we, uh, I think you know, uh, beginning of every episode, guest gets to dedicate it. So if you thought about it on your little journey here, <laughs> what would you like to dedicate the episode? Um, well, normally I'd be like my mom, who's my biggest fan. But uh, yeah. uh, with the news this week, I figured I'd give a, a shout out to the Yellowhammer, the Yellowhammer Fund down in Alabama, uh, which is, uh, you know, providing uh, ways for women to get health uh, care services, reproductive services. Right. I, just, I found that out on Twitter also. Yeah. I think it's been, everybody's been. Yeah, it's, it's big today. So. Yeah. Yellow Hammer Fund. And then, you know what? We'll put up a listing down there on uh, information. Of where yeah. you can and I, I got to learn what a yellow hammer is. Apparently it was a derogatory term for Alabamans coming up north uh, after the war. I, they've kind of all news to me. Yeah, yeah. This was. All, I'm learning a lot today because it's it's <laughs> like right. the state bird. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, well, we have Frank White on. He is the director from the film, short film, right? Uh, yeah. The, the Chairman, which has just came out on Amazon Prime this week. So congratulations, I would oh, say. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, uh, people have been very excited about it. I guess a lot of people I'm discovering don't really know that Amazon these days is basically glorified self-publishing. <laughs> so you get a lot more uh, uh, street cred. Now, one of the conditions is, of course, you have to do the whole film festival circuit before you get eligible for Amazon Prime. Is that right? Do you have to do the whole? Um, it's, you know, I think really nowadays the only real restriction is like captions are mandatory and they've got a yeah. lot of, uh, you have to fill out a lot of forms and it's kind of a clunky system. But okay. the hard part is getting people to watch it, not actually getting it on there anymore. Yeah, so I, we encourage you. Uh, we'll put up the where, uh, where people can find it. It's on Amazon Prime. If you have the account, you can watch it. Um, it's not very long. It's about what? Like yeah, it's 20, 20 minutes. 20 minute and, movie. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's available also to, you know, rent and buy if you don't have Prime. Uh, and then also I am working on right now because it's kind of a VHS-C themed yeah. movie. Uh, I'm actually making a full just VHS version, doing the pan and scan and converting it. Uh, and we'll have that up on YouTube if you really don't want to give Jeff Bezos any money. So, <laughs> you can watch that, the standard definition version. So uh, um, before we get uh, talk about, I'd love to talk about the movie and stuff. Sure. But, but, but during the prep time, you talked to me that you're not much of a traveler. Uh, no, no, I... I just kind of weird thing about discovering about you because uh, yeah, it's and it's not so much that I hey, hated or anything. It's just uh, like hasn't really come up that much uh, in my life. I used to. Uh, my dad was actually a long haul trucker, so okay. he he loved driving, and we used to go on road trips. You go all with the time. him? Yeah. Well, not not on the the big rigs, but okay. uh, uh, he just loved driving. So we'd always kind of go out to uh, California, and we'd actually drive the whole way. And uh, so I, I kind of burned out on uh, being in the car a little bit. but uh, <laughs> I imagine so, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's just, I think it's because you've already had enough exposure to it. That kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kinda. yeah. Uh, with the chairman, that's your first time directing? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, other than, you know, film school. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, this was the first uh, thing that I kind of took control of the, the whole way through. Normally I'm an editor. Uh, so I, I work with uh, Jason Schumacher and Great Art Productions a lot. Yeah, uh, we, we had Jason on before too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, so I've edited a lot of things for him, and he's he's always been bugging me. Uh, you know, you got to do something. You got to do something. So he's he's been peer pressuring me for years now into uh, doing something my my own. And uh, and yeah, this was it. And it was a really really great experience. I had a ton of fun. Uh, you know, I'm kind of an introvert and I found out that, uh, you know, being in a position of power is like nice because I always know kind of what is what is needed of me as the director. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. And well, we had a really great crew, too. So who knows if uh, I'd do as well if people had a lot of egos and things running around. But I, I, Looking at the credits and, you know, I've been doing this podcast. A lot of the people that you had in the movie we've had on our show. Before yeah, too. yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Billy just the other the other week. We had Billy. Uh, uh, he was ACing for us uh, and or 
was he gripping? I don't know. I'm not good at other terminology. I'm not going to lie. I think he was gaffing. <laughs> yeah. Gaffing him. Uh, but I mean, on an, on a short kind of independent thing, like everyone's got, a, everyone wears a lot of hats. So, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, he was great to work with. And, and, uh, so he was working under Ben Enke, who is DPing and, uh, Wait, uh we're waiting to, <laughs> yeah, get him. He's, I'm sure he's real busy cause he's everywhere. That's, that's the thing, yes. But, uh, no, he did like, yeah. so it was just really nice to, cause everything else I've ever worked on is kind of, I was a one man band. So it was really nice yeah. just to have, you know, very competent, talented people, that I could just kind of give direction to and let them, you know, handle the fine details. Uh, and they, and like Ben was really good about, you know, giving information back. So, so yeah, I learned a ton and had a great time and I wish I could just find some kind of funding to keep doing it. <laughs> okay. And that was my next question. Do you, yeah. Is enough an experience that you want to keep directing or just want to oh, stay yeah. if, 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 if I suddenly became rich tomorrow, I would be all over that. <laughs> I'd just be funding things all left and right. Cause yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, even with the long hours and stuff, it's just a really great energy yeah. uh, to be working with all these uh, talented people. So and I guess uh, I always tell people my best advice for being a good director is just make sure, make sure you're, you're the least talented person there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I've had, the, I've had a couple other people who's like, you know, you want to make a great movie is, Hire people that don't suck. Yeah, right? yeah, just great people to work with, and mm -hmm. highly creative people too. Mm -hmm. I get it, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, like we even had uh, um, uh, Vanessa, our uh, um, assistant director, uh, was did a really good job of helping me, uh, you know, be dis decisive. Like, there's a lot of things where I'd be like, "Oh, it doesn't really matter. You guys just do whatever," and she would yeah. kind of put her foot down and be like, "No, you have to make a decision here," and uh, and that was. Just that was really nice to be pushed to that. Cause I think it always, as long as there's an idea behind what you're doing, it's always going to be better. Right. I understand. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as an editor first, as you were doing it, were you kind of editing it in your mind as well? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did, uh, another big thing is just being super duper prepared. Uh, so even like I would, I wrote it and well, I kind a, of had, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but that's a huge benefit when you're doing like short independent films. Yeah. Come, Fully prepared to write. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like it's kind of like writing it three times. Like, you 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 get the the you know the story and the dialogue down, and then you you go through and in pre production try to try to have you know even though on a on a small budget project like things are going to go wrong, things are going to change on the fly, so you have to be ready for that. But you want to at least under ideal circumstances know exactly what you've got planned. Uh, so, so I did not, I can't draw, so I didn't do storyboards, but like I was kind of making diagrams of yeah, where, yeah. how I wanted scenes to play out. And then, uh, yeah. And then you get into the editing booth and like half that gets thrown out and you're like, <laughs> time to time to write it again. Well, before people, you know, stop this tape and start looking for your movie, I think we should give the listeners kind of the synopsis. What oh, is sure. kind of the short film was all about the chairman? Yeah. Uh, so the the chairman is a is a retro sci fi horror uh, kind of a genre mashup uh, short about uh, evil eighties corporations. Uh, and actually, I had a friend who described it really well the other day in a way I'd never really thought of as almost a slice of life. Like what it, what it's like in the day of uh, like a hired goon at an evil corporation. Um, so we're not being totally realistic, but uh, uh, but yeah. So the story is about this company, the Pantheon Group, right? Yeah, uh, that uh, uh, is experimenting on people with psychic abilities and also supernatural phenomena and how those kind of intersect and. Uh, the main plot is that they've got uh, these two uh, civilians, uh, uh, Katie and her dad, and they have kind of set up this cruel experiment where uh, she like thinks a, almost like a test run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're uh, they're trying to you know gather information and see you know how this stuff works and how it can be monetized. So they've they've set up this scenario where uh, uh, where she's despairing and is going to uh, to drown herself and uh uh over cctv her father has to watch uh yeah. to try and get him to to contact her with their uh because uh, they have a like a psychic connection of some sort and they're basically trying to test that by putting these people in an extreme situation and seeing if they can record uh, the results and it yeah. and uh, like these things are they don't uh, they don't really go according to plan 
Yeah, well, I think everybody that does advertising and marketing that somehow <laughs> psychology does play a part in it. You know, of advertising yeah. and subliminal and all that stuff. And well, and that was that was kind of there's uh, one of the things I did was um, there's uh, fake ads. Yes. In the uh, so I since I work they're wonderful at, fake ads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We had a, we had a lot of fun with that. It was kind of <laughs> trying to channel. It like, kind of shows a little bit that you guys had a ball doing these. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because I, I work in advertising, I have a very kind of love hate relationship with it. Sure. Because uh, it's you know it's a good way to do art, you know, and get paid. But you know also it's got this kind of you know sinister underbelly, and I'm I'm yeah. not. I'm not big on selling, which is so it's weird that I work, I work in advertising, but, uh, um, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, yeah. But I kind of wanted to connect these ideas of, uh, you know, how would, how would you sell or how would you market, uh, you know, like a, a supernatural phenomenon? How, how would you sell ghosts or psychic powers to people? And, uh, uh, and then I'm a big like eighties movie nerd. So I always wanted to do something with, you know, this, kind of comically evil over the top corporation yeah yeah did intentionally shot it grainy did you guys shoot it digitally uh yeah we sh we shot it digitally like a lot of the grain is kind of added we like, okay we did 4k and i would have loved to shoot film but like that you know adds so much overhead and cost right. for and it i mean I've, I've watched a lot of short films lately and like you can tell there's there's a few out there that actually do shoot on film and it's got like it's it's got a real subtle texture that I don't think even the best kind of grain things can can replicate. But uh, uh, yeah, it's just for for that subtle bump, yeah. I just couldn't afford it. So, but we we did everything we could to kind of replicate a, a retro feel. Um, like uh, we avoided camera movements uh, unless it was really really motivated by the story, just because. Right. I know, yeah. I just now you're saying about it. I just yeah. Remember, we, we've got like two steady cam shots, and they're kind of right next okay. to each other in a specific section, and then everything else is basically on tripod with maybe some panning and tilting, just because, uh, like, there's uh, OSS one seven one one seven. The the French uh, James Bond spoof did a really good job of like replicating the techniques. Like if you if you copy the way a movie from the '60s or '80s '80s was made. Uh, you can kind of capture that feel, even if you're working with radically different technology. Did the intention of it to be retro and stuff? Were you um, and making a film like that? Were you ever thinking about uh, just with the costuming as well? You know, um, yeah, like or do you let the actors kind of do it? Well, we we had a really great uh, uh, costume designer who okay. had, who had access to a lot of vintage stuff, which is nice when you have this small little thing going. Yeah, know? yeah. So so my main input there was kind of. Um, like a general idea. Like I went through and kind of, you know, found a lot of go buys for like, this is what this person should look like. And that person should look like. And, uh, uh, and yeah, a lot of it like was nailed perfectly. And then a lot of it we had to, you know, compromise based on budget and, and stuff and like men's suits. You can, you can make a men, man's suit look pretty eighties, uh, with accessories pretty easily. You don't have to actually go dig something up right just put a vest on them yeah yeah <laughs> so and you and you want to you know you want to be mindful of character and stuff like that too yeah. but uh but yeah no we just we had a really uh really great costume designer who just came up with all kinds of fun stuff especially for the commercials like the because we could go really over the top for the fake commercials <laughs> and so and we did and it and we we had a hard time not giggling like the whole <laughs> shoots on those right Yes, I am just remembering. I'm sorry. Um, how did you come about? Make, how did you get started with the the making of it? I would. Um, did um, you start writing it out? Or? Well, it's it was kind of a combination of things that I'd been working on. The like the the main okay. kind of story of this uh, uh, father having to watch uh, his his daughter uh, uh, drowning right, from right. afar was kind of like just like a thriller idea that had been in the back of my mind. And then the, uh, the Pantheon group had been something I was working on kind of separately as uh, it was actually originally a mini series that I was writing really? uh, that was going to kind of be uh, um, uh, like a different product from this evil corporation okay. every time. Okay. And so I don't know, there's still a chance that some of that might happen. It's, it's all kicking around, but, uh, um, but yeah, it would basically follow kind of the marketing person from the the evil corporation trying to figure out a way 
to to sell uh you know biological monsters to the military or <laughs> like you know, alien, yeah, yeah re- re- ghost yeah. recordings to rich widows and stuff like that so how did you pick out your because you actually went on locations yeah it's not all in studio uh, how'd you find your locations um a lot of googling and then you know just uh like taking the kids to state parks like for for kind of the lake stuff we we're like all right let's uh let's just take a weekend uh you know go up north a little bit and yeah. Because uh, we were looking for kind of a sp- specific looks for things, so uh, uh, it's up by Taylor's Falls is uh, the lake where you shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we went there, and it wasn't you know my first choice, but then I had like this really weird feeling uh, because I'm like 99 percent sure that I went to this park as a kid. Uh, but weird, like, yeah. weird, yeah. So I do, but I don't have like specific memories of it. But like everywhere, especially the uh, the parking, a little lot. bit of it was recognizable, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was just like, it had a very kind of nostalgic, hauntological feeling for me. So I was like, well, this matches up perfect. Yeah, it so. kind of sets the tone for the way you guys yeah. are showing. So, yeah. yeah. And when you're doing a short like this that's coming kind of out of nowhere, I didn't have any deadlines, really. It was mostly just maintaining the momentum and the will to do it. Yeah. So uh, it was a pretty lengthy pre-production process. Like, I remember I actually had to rewrite stuff when when Stranger Things Season 1 came out. Cause I was like, oh, that's a little on the nose. So, so that's how long it's been been kind of percolating. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about the cafe. Yeah, that is. Uh, you're, you're probably familiar with that. Here. Very familiar. Uh, I was just, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, the TNT galley here in South St. Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, because I want to two things. Because when I watched it, I was like, I, I go to this place almost once a week. <laughs> and the second of all is, you put a Thunderbird in it. Was that intentional? Uh, yeah, yeah. We wanted to, you know, we don't have a lot to work with, but we were like, we need to have, you know, some some period kind of. Right. Uh, it's like the 66 Thunderbird. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So that was actually our uh, our stunt coordinator's car. Stunt coordinator slash uh, he's uh, Stevens. He's the the muscle. Yeah. The, uh, uh, Lee. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, so that was that was Lee's car. Cause, so he's. He's just also a joy to have on set because he's like, he'll act, he'll uh, help you with stunts, he'll just uh, bring his car <laughs> around. Well, it's amusing because I, you know, made my whole comic book. It's it's based on 1968, and I mm. I love 68 Thunderbirds. In fact, I put it in my script. I'd been drawing it, and when I and, and then when I got um, when Jason submitted the movie to watch, I was like, there's a, there's a Thunderbird in it. Yeah. So it was like, and then I, I know that location, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it was like just making sure that you had kind of vintage e cars. Yeah. Like if, you know, there's plenty of anachronisms. Like we've got a, like the main car we have is like from 1995 or something, but it was like, it looks old and no one's going to care that much about the specific year this takes place in. So I know you guys, you can't predict the weather or whatever, but you got to pick the perfect day for the cafe because it's like cloudy. It kind of fits in with the yeah. whole temperament no, theme. We got so lucky with weather because um, there's right. the, uh, our kind of big uh, um, at the lake, even our, our big shots uh, with with all the lake ghosts uh, we've used in a lot of our promotional materials. And it's got the the sun rays are coming through the clouds. And like it was just we it was absolutely perfect. We could not have like made that happen. Right, because it's way. not winter, but it gives a sense of just this coldness yeah. to it. Yeah, it was. Well, it was kind of just a cloudy kind of gray day which was really i mean from a shooting standpoint that's ideal you don't want the bright direct sunlight yeah it gives it the gloomy feel and then also it kept uh uh you know sunbathers away because like, <laughs> we were we were at that lake all day and we yeah. had like a couple of old people kind of walk through and and you know see what yeah. was up but we didn't have to like fend people off or shush people i don't think i'm giving it away but there's a certain moment where she has uh katie's has these hauntings mm-hmm. in the lake and you put people out there you know yeah yeah, yeah. we got kind of the, the lake ghosts lake ghosts like call, yeah um did you how did you get them and get to do that how did you encourage them to do it or they um well you know it was it was a cold day but it wasn't uh like freezing cold yeah and then you know it was just kind of being prepared i had like space blankets and uh, right. okay. uh you know we didn't end up using it but i had a, like a just a propane heater uh on on hand just to kind of warm people up afterwards but uh no the weather was 
it both looked gloomy, but also wasn't like freezing our, our toes off. So, well, it's one of the images when I, you know, I've seen this movie. I watched it more than five times, but it's one of the things that burns in your brain. The, the, the Lake Ghosts that mm-hmm. you stand in there and they're wonderfully lit too. Cause it's kind of like this. Yeah. They got the nice yeah. silhouette going on, which I'm yeah. sure, I, I'm sure Ben loved that. He loves silhouetting people. So, Uh, So you knew before you went up the lake that you were going to do something like this. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of, that was a pretty core uh, concept in the story is that we were were trying to connect um, like the the recording of ghosts that this corporation is doing with just kind of like, you know, uh, the the psychic girl who can kind of see the ambient stuff that's around, Um, which I, I don't know if you're familiar with the old BBC movie, The Stone Tape. No, yeah, uh, tell me about it. That it's it's a massive, massive inspiration. Uh, like literally, that's where I stole like the idea of like, what if we had rocks that we could record ghosts onto? Yeah, I, I uh, love BBC. You have to tell me about. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was 1972. It was like the the Christmas ghost story. Okay, because there was like, I'm, that's a cool thing of just like let's have a ghost story for Christmas. Okay, I guess that's uh, a big thing in British. Yeah, right? yeah everything has to have a Christmas special. Right? Um, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. It's I just ghosts, <laughs> but. But yeah, so that yeah. was, uh, uh, it was written by Nigel Neal, who did like the Quatermass uh, 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 serials and stuff. Um, and uh, it was basically kind of, he's very into like the supernatural and technology, like intersecting. Okay. So the story was uh, um, a, uh, a company that's trying to develop the new, a new recording media. They're trying to compete with the, the Japanese uh, and come up with the next big like, you know, cassette tape. And uh, they just happen to be their new facility is in an old castle that's been retrofitted. And there's like one room that's been unfinished because the workers don't want to go in there and they find out it's because it's haunted. And they they spend the rest of the the movie like trying to figure out where, you know, like if there's a scientific reason for the haunting and if it can be, you know, used in there like as a recording media. Uh, and so they actually come up with a lot of fun, like kind of scientific explanations for like, well, you the, you get cold, you get chills when you see a ghost because the the recording is pulling the ambient energy from the room in to like power itself, and like various people are more sensitive or less sensitive for the to the phenomena, and uh, uh, um, I mean the story itself is is a little more about like how the the main character is a horrible misogynist and like it gets into kind of the damsel in distress tropes but it's a uh just really kind of interesting conceptual stuff and to the point where like ghost hunters actually like think that that's a real like theory and it's like no it was came came from a bbc short guys that's not it's actually, called stone yeah it's literally just called like the stone tape hypo- stone hypothesis tape. okay uh and yeah so that was just a, that's an idea that fascinated me like i'm a pretty skeptical person by nature but like i was like ghost stories and kind of like that kind of pseudoscience stuff sure. so yeah um so yeah that was just kind of like an idea i wanted to incorporate in there and it kind of so it was it's this theory that undergrids everything in it where it's the same kind of this this girl who can see ghosts because she's especially sensitive and that's why she has a psychic connection with her father and uh, uh how that's related to this kind of medium that they found of like, well, we got these rocks from an old castle. There was actually uh, like an early version of the script made it explicit that it like, these were the rocks from Taskerlands and we bought the place and tore it down. And, uh, but uh, you know, for a 20 minute short, we're like, okay, this is all just backstory. Now (laughs) I can talk about it on a podcast someday. Because uh, with the the nice thing about the story, and I think I I appreciate it is a lot of the mysticism is kind of undertone. It's not really, presented out in your face but it's it's there but it's mm-hmm. kind of like under well yeah, under, yeah yeah it's not really the forefront the forefront is kind of set tone realities yeah there was like that was something jason and i talked about while we were while he was helping me kind of with the writing process is is like we we have the core kind of like she's in danger he has to watch you know what's going to happen next like we kind of we were like it's gonna be a lot of this stuff's gonna be real hard to follow and we figured like let's just make sure that it's there if people want to look for it. Like if you want to watch it again and kind of uh, try to try to piece things together, but that that's not necessary for just, you know, enjoying it as kind of a, a thriller. I like the, you know, I, I like the way that you cut it because you have, to, I think it needs to be rewatched the way you, you mind, you, yeah. you, you expect the audience to fill in the, 
the blanks a little bit, right? Yeah, it was, you know, I don't think you can ever go wrong by, uh, uh, you know, assuming that your audience is smart. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, we have we did have some people who were kind of like frustrated with it. Like I remember at like some Q and A's, like somebody was just like, uh, "What happened?" And then I asked them, I was like, "Well, what, what do you think happened?" Happen? And like their description of it was like ninety percent on, and I was like, "Well, you you basically got it." So right. believe in yourself, <laughs> right? I I think that a lot of audiences appreciate. I don't know if they know, but they appreciate that. Let me work for it a little bit. Yeah. Let me get the effort yeah. instead of spelling it out for mm-hmm. me. Right. Yeah. And that's some of the people who really, really liked it have basically said that of like, we like that it doesn't, you know, explain itself directly, that it kind of makes you want to piece it together. Cause that's, uh, yeah. it's, yeah, people, people enjoy putting the puzzle together. And uh, I just kind of figured it was my job not to bore them. As long as they're interested, <laughs> they'll, they'll want to take that, you know, next step. Uh, and dig deeper. So before we take a break, I'm, I'm going to ask you, uh, did you ever smoke? Uh, no, no. Never been uh, a smoker? No. Um, I thought for sure the director of this film was a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I actually had, I, we used to smoke cigars, like my friends in, in high school, we like yeah. when we'd like go out, like steal beer from mom and dad and get like a the cigar. Uh, but I have like a, a, a story where I, uh, I gave myself like taste aversion to tobacco because I was in an apartment in college and had was bored one night and like everyone else was studying or something. I didn't have anything to do. Uh, and I found a cigar in the fridge of this like shared apartment, right. not really thinking about at the time, like that it was one of those places where people kind of came and went like roommates. So I don't mm-hmm. think the fridge ever got totally cleaned out. So afterwards I'm like, I don't know how long that was in there. <laughs> It's also weird that it would be in the fridge in the first place. Yeah, I love that. Why did I do that? And I spent the rest of the night just like sick as a dog. And like for, uh, I have just haven't been able to stand the the smell ever since. So I kind of like the thing where your dad makes you smoke the whole pack. Like yeah, when he catches that, you with you it, I just yourself. did that to myself. You did yeah. it to yourself. As a person that's quit smoking for the last oh, eight years, man, I miss it. <laughs> and it's enough of you turn it down. Now I watch it on your film. Like, I don't want them, but God, I yeah. miss it. Well, and it, it was interesting just like, you know, I don't think we had any smokers or anything on set, but like, you know, I, I, I felt really bad about, you know, making the actors like, you know, take a puff, uh, uh, you know, yeah. even just a little bit. Cause, cause you can get like fake ones that'll like, you can just blow like a powder through it and it looks like smoke. Yeah. But we really specifically wanted these red cigarettes and like, I was like, we tried painting stuff and it just wasn't working. So I was like, okay, just real quick. Like, kind of get started. We don't have to show the whole thing. <laughs> so I made poor Lori take a drag of a cigarette. So. <laughs> and that's perfect because uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to get back. I want to talk about the cast. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Lance from the band Eris. You are listening to Nick with St. Paul Filmcast. Check out our new single, The Roche Limit, off of our unreleased EP, Formation. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or any music platform you use. And please give Nick the support that he gives us by sharing this podcast to your friends. We're back with Frank White. Right. Uh, Before we get started... You have the ultimate superhero name. Do you know that? Uh, well, it's it's uh, it's a gangster name, kind of right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, <laughs> I I periodically have like the guys, you know, like the guys at the liquor store or something will see my name on the credit card, and then I have to have the conversation with them about like King of New York and Biggie Smalls. Yeah, because because uh, all superheroes I have one syllable names. You know, yeah, like Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, you know that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but yeah, but specifically Frank White was. Uh, um, Okay. Christopher Watkins' character in King of New York. Really? So, that's so, what? That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, like, that's what the guy yeah. at the liquor store is referring to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have a copy of that? Uh, I think yeah. I've got it on DVD somewhere. Yeah, but actually, I wanted to, before we get get to your casting, you bought a you bought a you bought a Blu-ray hard ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> 
Did uh, you know you knew it before you bought it? Yeah, I actually, I had the uh, the like the six movies on two discs thing of like all of like Andy Sedarius's movies. Yeah, uh, and then I just I have like a weird thing where I want to get like these really bad movies on because I've got like that uh, is <laughs> but that's uh, a fun bad movie. Yeah. Oh, so they're they're kind of like the platonic ideal of like let's just throw everything. We'll have bodybuilders. We'll have Playboy playmates. We'll have famous drag queens. Like just I toss a, all that into the movie. I had the greatest conversation. The two the greatest cinematic two minutes was in that movie of him walking on the beach. Oh, meet, with meet the, meet the girl, and then he's gonna frisbee toss. Yeah, the, the, the razor blade frisbee. Yeah, that's kind of like the famous uh, moment famous. that draws everybody in. Yeah, but but yeah, no, like I, I you like, like watching, watching those kind of movies. Yeah, I, I love just kind of B-movies of that era um, just because, like, there's something that people aren't able to recapture, like, and that I didn't try. I was like, I'm going to make, like, a retro movie, but I'm not going to make, like, a, you know, a bad movie okay. on purpose because I, I feel like, like, the Asylum guys, like, they try and it's just it's just boring. Like, no one can really recapture. Oh, my recapture. God, they're still doing it? Still oh, doing yeah, it? those they're, they're making tons of movies. Um, okay. But but yeah, they, it's that uh, kind of mercenary like entertainment sensibility of the '80s, where it was yeah. just this free for all for the video market, and they like just action. Yeah, action. like we gotta have you know like nudity and and action and like shooting a snake in a toilet with a rocket launcher and the razor blade frisbee. Uh, it doesn't make a lick of sense. The stories are really hard to follow, but yeah. uh, uh, they're just they there's never a dull moment. <laughs> the best one is Samurai Cop. Yeah, that's a good one too. Does he ever have like a samurai? Not really. Yeah, he's got a sword sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. So I would get back to the chairman with yeah. casting. So how did you go about casting the the movie to um, chairman? Well, that was uh, just a like um, that was kind of Jason's baby, Jason Schumacher's baby. Um, like because uh, I'd never that was one thing I'd never really done before. Like even the stuff I'd done in like college, like was like you know people I knew from theater or like I was in stuff uh, it is kind of a frightening process even, yeah even if you were not even if you're auditioning but mm -hmm. the people who are accepting auditions it's kind of a, yeah well especially your first time like I'm like I just I you know I really don't know like how what to look for what to be asking people and stuff so so he spearheaded that sure uh and kind of walked me through the process uh and it, it ended up being really fun like in the end you get to you know you get to meet people and uh um it was also it was a like uh, so so Lori, who's our uh, our woman in red, the she, kind of the spokesperson. Yeah, 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 she's kind of like the spokesmodel for the for the cigarette company and then the the evil corporation. Um, like her character, I had like a specific person kind of in mind for like when I when I wrote it, um, like that you know I, like a, a younger gal with you know like a redhead. I was like, oh, the woman in red, she had red hair, and like. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jason just insisted, you know, let's have a read for this, um, if only because I would really like to see, you know, maybe for another project, uh, like if, you know, I, I just, he wanted to see her perform. Okay, yeah. And then she just blew us away and was like, okay, well, she's got that. Uh, so, so, yeah, it was, you like, you know, just judging from like headshots and stuff, it's not, uh, you never, you at least as an amateur, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, nah, we don't need this person. That's not right for the role. And then actually like, you know, getting them in there and seeing them, uh, can be a whole entirely different experience. So, yeah. um, and, uh, and yeah, so it was, we, uh, uh, well, how long did you take to do it? Uh, we, we, we did one day of casting and then we had some people like sent in video, uh, okay. Because uh, you know we didn't have the the space, it was uh, like the the TCFF people let us use that uh, one of their spaces to cast, which was nice. And uh, um, so yeah, I mean it was an all day thing. We saw a bunch of people and uh, um, lots of really good people. Like I think we had we had maybe one like stinker <laughs> like all day of somebody who was just like okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he was like a walk-in anyway. So, uh, um, so yeah, it was it was tough. It was a tough call at times. Right. But uh, um, when I wrote it, I, I kind of tried to be specific about uh, about people um, like uh, um, like the ethnicity of, of Katie and her dad. We're just like, okay, well, we'll make them, you know, uh, Hispanic so that we're guaranteed not to be like the white people show. 
Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah, 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 I like, get it. yeah. You know, just kind of okay. We'll, we'll we want to make sure, and you know, we had plenty of uh, um, people of different ethnicities uh, coming into cast, and you know, we just wanted to make sure that it wasn't just Lily White. And so I was like, okay, I'll just give myself that kind of as a challenge. Uh, and I'll make sure, even though it doesn't really like factor into the the story or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah. So then, so then, and since it's a father daughter, they have to kind of, you know, look a little, yeah, yeah, they yeah. have to look a little alike and have uh, like the age gap be appropriate. And I, I'm still not sure if they've ever met uh, the actors. Oh, really? Yeah. I, they don't share a scene together. Yeah, no, they're mm-hmm. always kind of they're they're in the opposite scenes, even though like they're supposed to have this. And they did. They actually like yeah, we we won. Uh, um, they both won acting awards at Cinepocalypse at our debut uh, last summer. Um, so awesome. yeah, yeah, awesome. Because uh, they yeah they did a great job. And then yeah, for the longest time, like they've never actually been in the same room. I think the, I think they like crossed paths in the casting, but uh, but yeah, they were like. Um, I kind of picked out scenes, uh, yeah. which is also kind of hard for a short of like, you know, what uh, what scenes are you going to have people do? Because somebody might have like two lines, you know, somebody might be there for half a scene. Uh, so we had kind of we had people do tend to do like multiple roles. Well, like, you know, even though you're, you know, not the right age for this role, could you kind of read for it, too? So we can just get a, a sense of you. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also wanted to kind of have the energy. So it was a lot of people just came in and, and like, yeah, as a nerd and an introvert, this always just blows me away that, that you can just walk into this room full of strangers and then just start crying and screaming. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's it kind of me. I, I don't know how they do it. I really yeah. don't know how actors do it. Yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. being able to turn it on and off like that. Like, like if you gave me like a long time to prep and I was like around people I knew I could do an okay job. Yeah. But yeah, like uh Bionette, who is Katie, um, it was kind of amazing watching her work at the lake because she's supposed to be, you know, suicidally despondent. Sure. And so, but not having a ton to play off of because it's all kind of internal for her and she's just seeing ghosts. Um, so it was really fascinating to kind of see her once the cameras start rolling, like, you know, flip that switch. And then once they stop, like we just go back to goofing off and getting ready for the next thing. So yeah, I, I working with actors is fun. They're a different breed, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it's, it's, I, I actually amazed at what they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can, they really make or break it too. So, so yeah, we, uh, I felt like we got lucky with great people and, uh, uh, people had good chemistry with each other and, yeah, it well, definitely well. shows out, man. It shows up in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So you ever you're gonna you're still kind of writing. Yeah, yeah. So Outside n- of editing with the for Grey Duck Productions. Yeah, like so we've got like a music video going on, and then a another short. So is there anything you can talk about that, or is this? Kind um, of- yeah, it's for uh, an upcoming. Uh, I don't know if it's an EP or an album from Maple and Beach, which is a local Maple band. Beach. Okay. Uh, and. So yeah, Jason had wanted to work with them for a while and we were like, you know, send us over some demos and and uh, um, we'll try to come up with some ideas. So we're actually, we're going to incorporate some of the same kind of techniques uh, we used in the chairman with uh, analog glitching and video projection uh, in that. So that should hopefully be pretty cool looking when we shoot that coming up here in like June. Well, as, as a sole editor, do you like to be on set? Um, if possible, just because being on set's a lot of fun. The like the energy is. Uh, um, uh, so like the last thing we shot with this, uh, uh, how to build a birthday party, the short that Jason did. Uh, that I don't know if you guys have seen the stills that are going around uh, Instagram, but it, it's pretty amusing. Uh, and yeah. uh, so so I just kind of showed up uh, to grab the files, but made sure I got there early so I could you know help out with a little grip here and there and. Um, but yeah, I'm not actually like, I think for Sad Clown, I was actually editing on set. And that's the only time I've actually had like on a set you were at, uh, for that one. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, that we was kind Jason's of got started earlier. Yeah, from yeah. From a few years back. Um, but that's the only time I've actually like been like the DIT <laughs> on set. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to, uh, to get an idea of kind of how the yeah. energy was on set. Uh, you like doing writing? Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, uh, super duper experienced with it. Uh, um, 
um, mostly, yeah, mostly post-production, but yeah, I've like, I've written a few bad screenplays in my day and, uh, um, so every once in a while when the kids are asleep and decide to stay that way, I can, I'll get inspired and sit down and, yeah. and work on some stuff. So I've got like a bunch of, my problem though, is I can never stay focused on one thing. Like, so like at any yeah. given time, there's like three kind of rotating projects and like, I'm not sure which one I'm going to end up writing when I sit down at the computer. Do you ever want to do a full feature? Uh, I, w- I would love to, uh, um, like I've, I have kind of, uh, uh like a, a possible plan for the chairman. Uh, even though like when we were making it, I was like, okay, I'm going to, it started off as a mini series and I kind of yeah. scaled it back to be the short and then did the best I could to like, make sure it was as self-contained as possible. Uh, but, uh, um, I think it would be a lot of fun to do, uh, some more kind of episodic uh, things with that, and then kind of tie them together. As kind like of maintained in the same universe, kind of a thing. Yeah, 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 and then maybe have kind of like an anthology uh, sort of feature with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but for the most part, right now, I'm just kind of focusing on on short stuff because uh, um, it's easier <laughs> from a writing standpoint. Like you can experiment more because yeah. uh, like the chairman has kind of a weird structure. It doesn't really have like a you know the the three act. Well, yeah, but you, it's almost like you, you in your movie, the chairman. You almost have like watching a movie in the movie kind mm-hmm. of a thing. I, I love when people play with that kind of. Yeah, so it was we we kind of we wanted to layer things like and and then mm-hmm. I do kind of I called it villain hopping, where <laughs> so when you watch the movie the first time you're like okay this lady's the villain and they're like oh okay she is a boss. Okay, he has a boss, and we kind of just kind of go up the corporate ladder of, of villains, like yeah. uh, kind of like layers. So like that's it's got yeah this kind of layered structure rather than like the traditional kind of rising middle falling action. Um, so yeah, you can you can experiment a lot more with shorts and like so one of the things I'm working on now has kind of a um, like a nonlinear thing where it's different timelines that converge in the same event. Uh, and yeah, you can do fun stuff like that. People, people tend to want you to be a little more traditional if you're actually going to sit them down for a 90 minute movie. Uh, like I guess if you're, if you're a big name, you can do whatever you want, but, (laughs) but it sounds like you're just you're having a lot of fun just doing the movies and making, creating and writing. Yeah. Yeah. If I could, if I could get paid to do it, I would, (laughs) uh, I'd be doing it all the time. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, at this point, it's just kind of when I can scrape together the time and the money. You still go watch movies? Uh, when, when I can, I've got kids now. So, uh, like I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to see end game. Cause it's, oh uh, yeah, they're not that age where, right. No, no, they're uh, younger. Yeah. I've got the, my oldest is four. So, um, uh, God, what was the last? Uh, Jason and I actually get out to see movies sometimes. Like, okay. So we saw us. Like, oh yeah, uh, that was that was the last movie I saw in theaters. So it was a little bit different than what I anticipated, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I I really liked it. It it vibed with kind of um, uh, I I really like these movies that uh, um, are a little more allegorical. That like because. I'm surprised that there haven't been like legions of people like picking that movie apart. Like, well, this doesn't make any sense. And that doesn't make any sense. Cause a lot of it does not make literal sense. Like if you think about it at all, it's like, no. well, how on earth could that happen? Uh, but from a, like a more kind of storytelling allegorical sense, uh, 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 it's really kind of intricate and deep. And yeah. uh, I liked watching it from the Marxist perspective. I'm like, okay, so they're, they're wearing the red jumpsuits and, and it's it's kind of a revolution. Uh, <laughs> I didn't ever th- I didn't think about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you always need a signature, right? And I love the signature weapon that they put in. Every, yeah, yeah. Every kind of horror movie or something has that kind of signature mm-hmm. scissors. I never think about that. Yeah. yeah. One, I, I really like the way it, it opened up from kind of, you know, it starts off as as one thing and kind of becomes another. It's a home invasion movie that kind of turns into this like like bigger kind of uh, allegorical story. Yeah. Of kind of like an underclass rising up. Do you prefer horror movies or? Yeah, well, I'm a big I'm a big horror movie. I like uh, um, I like movies in general, but uh, sure. uh, I, I drift towards genre. Well, that's kind of a misleading question. Of course, you like all kinds of movies, yeah. but you kind of really have a taste for it, though. Kind of mm-hmm. I think I think my kind of 
zone is the the art house horror. Well, uh, I think because it could be more creative. It's more mm-hmm. of a freer yeah. expression in movies. Is well, and and just like that, like your people are a little more forgiving of of uh, you know things that are more dreamlike yeah. rather than literal. Yeah, uh, and that's something that's something that the chairman has been described as. I think it was we got a, a little blurb uh, from uh, God it was the uh, Las Vegas. Uh, uh, blanking on what it's called but they have a nice uh, horror festival there and we got a little blurb there about how it was kind of dreamlike and actually lynchian someone called it lynchian i was like oh sweet <laughs> <laughs> very very david lynchian it, it does it does because I, you, you break it up in increments that you make the audience mm-hmm. interpret it you know yeah almost like david lynch would do so did you i mean somebody mentioned it's very much like cronenberg but i don't i don't really um I guess that one, you know, it's more, that was because it was more intentional. Like Cronenberg's my favorite filmmaker oh, personally. Really? So, really? uh, um, and like Videodrome is probably my favorite movie ever. Uh, so, so there's a lot of that kind of in there, but I think it mo- mainly comes across, uh, as, uh, having all the monitors there. It was yeah. like kind of like, I wanted to have these kind of windows, the screens within a screen, uh, and, uh, and then we've got kind of the, like, it's a little cliche, but the, the shout out to, uh, um, the medium is the message. Right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think because that one was a little more intentional, it doesn't actually come across like, cause people, when you watch something, you're interacting with it, you're, you're bringing yourself to it. I do so. like, I, I'm glad you referenced Videodrome because I think people who understand that it's very much a retro about video mm-hmm. consumption and para and, you know, being tricked into doing things that you don't really, you know, yeah, but yeah it has that temperament that you, mm-hmm. do you, you know, I mean, you've, you have to see all his movies, right? I mean, uh, I haven't seen a lot of his newer stuff, um, but, kind of, uh, and I haven't, and I still haven't seen his old short films, uh, from yeah. way back in the day, but, uh, see, I think one of his most underrated is rapid. Yeah. You know, ra- like yeah, rapid, Rapids. which is, has a great uh, message to it is actually could the disease that makes you do things could be a cure mm-hmm. or what is a cure to what is a disease. And you're going to get caught in a loop of questioning. What is a disease? Yeah. What is a cure? Well, and with, with yeah. like the brood and kind of the, like you, this, you're doing it to yourself. Like is yeah. the does is, is the disease affecting you or are you creating the disease? Yeah, um, which in Bobby is a whole theme to his all his movies. Yeah, it comes, it comes up a lot. Um, but, if you do it yourself, what is the harm to everybody? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's been interesting yeah. to see kind of what what I intended to bring to it versus what people take away with it. And it's like sometimes sometimes yeah. it intersects and perfectly, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Cause yeah, I don't think I was thinking Lynch, you know, when I was making it, but a lot of people kind of got that and uh, Verhoeven comes up a lot, but that's, you know, cause of the commercials. Right. I uh, get the, yeah. When I, yeah. The Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, you used to work at a theater? Yeah. Yeah. I worked at a, a movie theater in high school uh, in the uh, like late nineties. Were you like ushering or were you upstairs? Uh, no, I wasn't old enough at the time. You had to be 18 to, to cause you had, to, you had to be a manager to be able to work the projectors. Okay. Um, and you worked back when there was like a real film. Yeah. Projector. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll try not to make the story super long, but, uh, uh, I caused, uh, indirectly caused Austin Powers two to catch on fire. Uh, <laughs> Because they had a big, it was opening night and they had a scheme where they only had one print of the movie and they were going to run it in two theaters, literally by having the print run across. Austin Powers 2? Two, yeah. Yeah, which at the time was like huge. So we had two sold out theaters. It was opening night. Uh, You know, in the 90s, we had not the greatest taste in the world. But, uh, uh, and uh, the uh, manager slash projectionist, because of course they had to be the same person to save on uh, personnel. Uh, went on their dinner break uh, and then had I had to get at one point had to get more candy from like the candy closet uh, and I acc- sessions yeah, yeah yeah just like you know we were selling through a lot of stuff so I was restocking and I accidentally left the keys sitting in the closet and uh, uh, like and I didn't even notice like I was like oh where'd they go and I'm like and oh, no. uh, and he went to to dinner 
and there was no one else like who was able to get up there. And the the movie got caught in this like jury rigged thing they had and, and started to melt. And it took a it took a couple minutes for the people in there to realize that the movie stopping and melting wasn't like a gag that was in there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, at that point, it was too late. And we had to have two f- sold out theaters uh, like here's your here's your passes, free passes oh, to come man. back later because it was not we weren't going to be able to get it back up and running in time. So that's the uh, the risk. When that of, happens, do you have to tell the distributor we need a new copy or? Uh, well, they can just splice it. Like you, yeah. it, only the frame that's like in the projector at the time really gets mangled. Yeah. So there's just like a one fl- frame blip in there. Yeah. So when a projector it comes on more than just one reel, or at the time was it yeah, somebody? yeah, they were the big platters. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I actually still have a box of like 35 millimeter trailers uh, somewhere in my house of like autumn in New York and just like the all this stuff from 1999. And uh, I remember at one point I was going through and making a scratch film. I was just like scratching out Richard Gere's eyes with a pin through this whole trailer. And Is I'm that the like, one with the Monona writer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got ripped on because of the age difference, and it was this, yeah. And yeah. it's it's one of those movies that like who remembers that? And like, well, I do because <laughs> I, I spent a really. I'm sorry. You know, like weirdly long time scratching out Richard Gere's eyes in there. So you were in your work in projection in 1999. Yeah. So you, I mean, you got to see like Fight Club and Matrix um, and yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it's like 1999 was it was awesome. It was a good year. Yeah, Blair Witch and Memento. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if that was exactly 99, but it was like 98 to 2000 or so is when I worked there, and it was uh, so it was fun. We actually like when Memento came out. You know, we got to go to the movies for free, so I just watched it twice in a row. Like I just sat, I was like, okay, we're just gonna watch this again, so I can mm-hmm. make heads or tails of it. Um, and uh, or like Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, that was that, big when it came out in '99. Yeah, yeah, well, and that was fun because the manager went in to just check on the theater, and then came out and was like, "There's so many boobs," and I ran in there immediately, and like Tom Cruise is having breakfast with his family, and this happened like three times where he'd be like, "You have to see what's going on in there," and it would just be something totally normal. You would miss it, right? Yeah, yeah it's totally normal to the extreme, totally normal. Yeah. So after was that what start your interest in movies, or you always um, had an interest in movies, and that's why you started working? I, I'd always been been interested. Um, I mean, it was kind of around that era that a lot of things were like kind of converging. Like I started watching a lot more horror movies because I figured out that like my parents Hollywood video accounts like I was yeah. restricted from I couldn't rent rated R movies but it didn't apply to unrated movies so I was like so it couldn't stop they couldn't stop me from like watching Evil Dead or or you know uh Day of the Dead or things like that uh, are um, they really horror movies uh, <laughs> yeah um and uh I, yeah and I was like I was in the AV club in high school and so we're using all the old like I think that's where I kind of got the love of this old analog technology that I tossed yeah. all in here because we were making with like the video toasters and the editing VCR decks. And, you know, they were all very abused by being used by high school students. So it actually, we literally had a deck that if you wanted to make an edit from the A, a deck to the B deck, yeah. you had to hit, hold the button down and smack it with your hand because that would, <laughs> the head was misaligned. The, 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 it was loose. The VCR yeah, head yeah. was. <laughs> so if you, if you smacked it, it would knock it back into place and the edit would work. And, <laughs> Yeah. So do you, do you still own a VCR? Yeah. Actually, well, a lot of the stuff in the chairman. You still is, have a VCR? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 like all of the kind of stuff in the background is just like crap I have. Oh, even uh, the even the Panasonic, uh, the Panavision television? That yeah. That, well, that was, I don't have that one anymore. That was kind okay. of its last hurrah, but that was like my TV like right. from like college and stuff that just kind of fought, remember, like, followed me remember around. Remember the built-in VCR TV? <laughs> I don't think I had anything because those always just broke. Like you'd you'd have the one thing would break. Uh, actually, and for a long time, uh, like my wife and I had the DVD VCR combos. We had two of them. Yeah. One the VCR didn't work, and the other the DVD didn't work. Right, the combination's always something. Yeah, it's something either one breaks. or the other. Right. So you still have VCRs at work, right? Yeah. Um. Well, at, at work it's all digital, but. Uh, um, no, that mean you can plug oh, yeah. in a tape and play it. Yeah, yep. well, like I, because uh, I converted the commercials to to VHS. Okay, and uh, the movie. Okay. Yeah, so those are actually like VHS. That's then been like upscaled to 4K, uh, and and it was shot. It's hilarious. Like Ben was like, it's funny how we spent so much time waiting for all these like fancy like 4K 24P cameras to replicate, you know, the, like yeah. film look on video, and then 
we're shooting this 4K and then you're converting it to VHS and back. <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> stepping on it too. And then... Uh, <laughs> Go backwards a little bit, yeah. So we actually, like, all of our effects uh, were analog. Because um, okay. we even had, like, the, the kind of the video scrambling effect. Um, yeah, like a VTR. Like a VTR yeah, there's yeah. actually a, uh, this guy in Florida, uh, Techion Plus, uh, who makes these really cool, uh, like analog glitching decks so okay. it's old analog video switchers uh and then he goes in and like puts a bunch of circuit bending stuff in there and then builds a new housing for it uh so it's literally you just take you know the component video cables yeah you plug that in from the vcr and then you just play with all these knobs and dials to make cool like effects happen like it's schism like yeah a little, yeah and so like we do that like like jason and i at one point we were just running all of our vca VHS like converted stuff through this thing and we with the 4K camera just pointed at at the monitor to get the like the CRT uh, uh, look and yeah it was it's just a lot of fun to like kind of fits because it's it's analog so you never quite know what you're gonna get and the effects combine in kind of weird ways yeah but uh, yeah was, that was just a lot of stuff that I wanted to do anyway and this was a really good excuse to <laughs> just a different yeah yeah yeah. So, so I, I, you still have like a lot of VHS tapes, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the only ones that I have that are like playable these days are like rare things. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, like Cyber Ninja. And uh, when I saw when I worked at Video Store, that's how we survived. We had stuff that you people drive around to find because we weren't a blockbuster. Yeah. Just, we didn't have a lot of new releases, but we had stuff that yeah. Mm -hmm. you, yeah, we have that, you know. Yeah, so so like my collection is just yeah stuff that's not available on like DVD or Blu-ray yet, uh, and then like once I kind of got a reputation as the guy that would take tapes, like some of my coworkers just like dump stuff on me, and I had all these like tapes, uh, so I eventually made uh, I, I hot glued them all to a board, uh, so I have like just a big wall of VHS tapes in my house. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's it's the same kind of story with me. I, everybody knows I collect comic books. Yeah. And they just here, here's some comic books I don't <laughs> want. They just dump it on you, and I got no space. Might as well just put them on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not quite this extensive, but no. uh, uh, but yeah. So I, I just I've got a very VHS themed house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Frank, I have to say thanks for coming, man. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I hope you had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. I, I always love uh, yakking on about movies. So, Well, hopefully we can get onto regular station and we can do it like analog. <laughs> for do you. that so, ham radio. Yeah. yeah, the ham radio. We listen on ham radio. But uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, the movie's called The Chairman. It's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch. And uh, I, I think you, more stuff's coming from right up productions yeah uh jason's always got stuff in the hopper and then hopefully uh in the next uh, year or so i'll uh uh have something coming too so. nice nice well you definitely would love to have you come back so awesome um of course it's not over till the guest says it's over it's over <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>